Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. With all of the savings I get when I drive, I'm having the time of my life. Driving Save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance. Hey, everyone. This is John Rocco, one-third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey! Hey! Well, well, we're back again with another week of geeky goodness. Uh, I'm coming to you from uh, a house in Brentwood somewhere, and so excuse the fact that I don't have my mic and I'm using these as my ear phones and if i get out of sync i apologize ahead of time but i'm gonna do my best from the location that we're at excited to jump into it we're gonna jump into some people be mad about things on the internet we're gonna jump into some trailers 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 we're gonna jump into some fantastic beast news and our big uh conversation topic is going to be the mcu and these release dates and what we think might be showing up on those release dates here but first let's introduce ourselves I am the Outlaw John Rogan, writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation and on the Geek Buddies. Mike? I am the in-law, Michael Vogel, and I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. You bastard. Uh, Shannon? There's only two ways to make that joke, so I have nothing to add. This is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation (laughs) writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Silicon Valley. And I like that the uh, uh, domestification of the Outlaw has fully taken place. If you see his background, that is a very homey looking set you're in right now, Johnny. I mean, give me a break with this nonsense. What is going on? Grandma, grandma, what's the Wi-Fi password? Anyway, we're gonna do we're gonna you have some what? fun. You Thank, know what? Yeah, go ahead. I, go ahead. I'm just happy and for for anyone who's listening to this on the podcast, what you missed out on is John just showed the oh. entirety of his room. But the best part is the outlaw 
with the rocking chair in the background. That really, <laughs> it's the rocking chair that really puts it over the top for me. It says, yeah, that, that, yeah. that tracks, that feels right. Yeah. It really should, ties should, the room together. You should get done with this and just mutter about, mutter about things you don't like in Marvel movies as you whittle a pipe or something. <laughs> and another thing. Absolutely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, but for those of you who are new, thanks so much for taking a chance on us uh, for the on the Geek Buddies here. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, thanks as well. And remember, everybody, you can take us with you in podcast format wherever you download podcasts. Just type in the Geek Buddies. We come up. You see our pretty animated faces there for you to download and subscribe. And we could use your subscription, so please subscribe. You know, you don't have to download the episodes, but subscribing helps us increase our numbers and possibly get more sponsors for the show so please make sure you do that if you're new uh, if you're not new if you've been with us for a while thanks so much for joining us here you know how this works three geek news items we just presented we'll talk about it amongst ourselves take a break and jump into that mcu thing so where shall we start michael i think you're kicking us off here i'm gonna kick us off with a new geek buddies topic that we have that is called people on the internet be angry <laughs> we need something for that we need something because, for that. Yeah. because people on the internet get angry about a lot of things uh so what is making people mad on the internet this week well first of all our brand new marvel superhero shang chi uh simu liu is making people mad uh, more specifically, uh, Simu Liu circa 2015 is making people mad uh, yeah. as a now deleted Reddit account uh, called backslash you backslash nipped in the bud uh, <laughs> has been linked to Simu Liu allegedly uh, and some of the old posts dating back as far as 2015 are causing uh, Hit the Star a little bit of trouble. Uh, most predominantly, there's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, girls aren't as good at sports as boys. Uh, lots of stuff like that. But primarily, the big topic of conversation is that uh, the person who had the account, um, yeah. which may or may not be Simu Liu, but seems to potentially be Simu Liu, uh, was a, an Asian actor who at one point was playing a pedophile, did a lot of research in playing the pedophile, and was talking about uh, pedophilia being a... Uh, being a medical condition that he likened to homosexuality. So, of course, all of the headlines are saying, Simu Liu says homosexuals are like pedophiles, and everyone went crazy and said, holy shit, he can't be our hero anymore. We hate Simu Liu. Uh, for Simu Liu and his reps in Marvel, nobody has really commented, although he did yeah. respond seemingly uh, to the posts by kind of saying, uh, retweeting a post that he had had from several years ago where he said that he was all about positivity and was not about like saying anything slanderous or mean about everybody, anybody. And then mm -hmm. another post uh, this week that seems to be uh, responding to all of this without really responding to it, where he basically said, uh, the internet can be a pretty slanderous place and you've just got to roll with it, more or less, yeah. is the comment. So, uh, I have some thoughts on this, uh, but before I give my opinion on on this latest craze of the internet be angry, what yeah. do you boys think of this? I, I think we've seen so many examples of if you are about to become famous, hire a team of people to absolutely scrub your social media. Uh, obviously, these points of views, if they are Simulu's points of views, actually proven to be his point of views, and he made those posts. Those are horrendous. He deserves all the uh, tax that he's getting because this wasn't like back in 1998 or, or 2000. This is recent. So it can't. it's a bit troublesome. And one of the posts actually, someone's saying, this can't be you. I don't believe it's you. He's, and he says, 
ha 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 i'm not famous enough for someone to pretend to be me on the internet so but you can't you don't know if he did that or someone else did that so there's some investigation that needs to be happening here but the fact that he's come out with a bit of a tepid response not a big strong response and marvel hasn't said anything they're taking that tactic of a letting it blow over but b there might be some truth to this which is why they're not coming out strongly against it um and so to me that unsettles me on so many levels but Ladies and gentlemen, if any of you are trying to get famous, for the love of God, hire people to scrub your social media. It is the best thing you will ever do for your life. Ask James Gunn. Uh, Shannon, what do you think? I mean, uh, (laughs) I feel like like that Reddit account, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like once he was cast as Shang-Chi, that that Reddit account did disappear, that they did Mm -hmm. delete it. Um, I, I might okay. be wrong. So no, I, think I think there was... I think you I, are right. I think that this is like photos of the Reddit account that surfaced, even though the account itself is gone or deleted. I think that's right. correct. Yeah, I think well, there... So there clearly was an the comments, attempt. But they deleted the thread, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they 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 understood like the uh, problematic things that, that he put out there and they attempted to get rid of it. In terms of his reaction, uh, I mean... I don't know, man. People, because what, in 2015, he was like in his mid-20s. People in their mid-20s tweet dumb shit. And it's it's (laughs) unfortunate. I mean, and like not even getting into his pedophilia comparison, because I don't even know where to start with that. Um, The the like the volleyball comment that he was like, you know, women just aren't as good at sports as guys. If I have to play volleyball with a woman. Uh, sometimes I get mad and sometimes I say something. I'm like, that is a mid-20s dude thing to say. And it's annoying. And it's something that with some reflection, once you get older, be like, boy, that was that was really dumb. Not only should I not have uh, posted that, I definitely shouldn't have done that if that is what happened. If we're playing a game and I decide to take my frustrations out on uh, a woman because she can't play volleyball as good as I, uh, as I can. Yeah. In terms of his comparisons... Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, Vogel, I'm just going to let, I'm going to let you take it from here. I, I, I was actually, I was actually really excited to see how far you were going to go before you just made the Shannon uncomfortable noise and kicked it back yeah. over to me. And you went further than I thought you were going to go actually. Uh, but then I've been like, looking oh, for, uh, I've been looking for the ripcord to this shoot and I can't find it. Uh, yeah. Well, look, here's here's what I think about it. Uh, I agree with both of you guys. I mean, agree that, like, we now live in a world where most people have grown yeah. up in an era. Like, look, I if you go back and look at a lot of my old posts, it's me using a lot of shady song lyrics to sort of tell you my emotions and I don't really know what I was feeling, but it was really emo and super annoying and I don't know why I still have any friends because why the fuck was I posting all of those emo songs? But I think in the case of this Reddit thread, if you go back and read it, like, look, comparing pedophilia to homosexuality is dumb, for sure. Uh, An actor playing a pedophile, doing some research on pedophilia, making a very stupid comparison as he's trying to explain the research he did, uh, is super dumb, but not a... I hate gay people. I hope people die of AIDS. Like, like when we're now going to suss out everybody's posts 
that they've made or their blog posts or their Reddit threads or their old Facebook right. arguments that they got in with their Aunt Nancy. Like, they, they, there are things that we have all put out in the world uh, and we didn't always all say them correctly. And I think this falls with the, to me, and again, everyone has a different yeah. opinion, but as the homosexual of the three of us who can probably speak to this a little bit more, um, I think that this is a stupid comment but a yeah. stupid comment that's just a stupid comment and not much more than a stupid comment. It's not a hateful comment per se. It's a misinformed comment. It's not yeah. a super educated comment, uh, but it's not something where I was like, oh, this person was an evil, horrible person. This was just like, yeah, this is someone just talking out of their ass a little bit. And I think yeah. that we, as we continue as a society, are gonna have to get comfortable with the fact that every single one of us at some point is going to have some comment pulled out that we made somewhere on social media where oh, we were yeah. talking out of our ass a little bit because we all do it. Um, and so I think that, you know, and I think that it's one of those things like anybody could argue with me. You could get in the comments below and say that I'm wrong because of this. And it it's hard to suss out because we don't have tone. We don't have intention. We just have these things that are pulled out. But I think right. that if we're all being super honest with ourselves, really honest with ourselves, you know, when you read a comment or a post or something that somebody tweeted or anything like that, you know when it's meant to be hurtful and hateful, you know right. when it's angry, and you know when it's like, this is talking out of your ass. James Gunn, he made stupid jokes that he shouldn't have made, but he's, right. I don't think he's a hateful person. So we're gonna have to get better as a society about reading the nuance because we can't just put everything into a, you're one of the good guys, you did stupid shit, you're a bad guy. There are so many gray levels now that I think we need to be more aware of that. And to me, when I saw the headlines, I was like, fuck. And then I read the actual post and I was like, yeah, I feel like we're kind of in a gray area here. This was just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's, thoughts. I mean, that's, yeah. And I think those are, those are great points you make, Mike. And we, and, and, you know, we walk into a minefield when we talk about stuff like this, because it's like, well, you have to be understanding of the fact that when you're young, as you said, Mike, like you're still forming in your mind, your opinions about shit and you're figuring out where the connection now do i think it's okay that he said what he said of course not it's a misinformed opinion as you said but we're all like kind of navigating our lives and social media is still a relatively new thing in our world compared to other modes of communication and so people jumped on it we're able to have these conversations and you're right i mean i shudder to think about some of the back and forths i've had on social media as the outlaw with the fans, I get, you know, I get worried that when's that going to pop back up? Some of the back oh. and forths. <laughs> oh, it's going to pop up. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Emo lyrics. Calm down. Emo lyrics. But yeah, absolutely. I understand that kind of situation. So it's like, okay, where do we, where, where would we draw the line? You know? And so do we, do, are we walking into a path of understanding? Right. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, does he feel that way now? Did he learn his lesson? Did he get more educated on the subject? That's what matters because now that he's an icon and he has a platform of millions and a voice that now is going to be heard by millions, you've got to clarify where he stands on these subjects. If he stands on the progressive, the right side of these subjects in terms of being understanding and openness and inclusiveness, and he's learned from his past, that's the positive. That's what you deal with. The guy in the past, yes, you can be upset about it, but we've all had weird opinions. I mean, remember, Mike and I used to battle over gay marriage. We all have weird opinions 
or or we have uneducated opinions or we just have different opinions at different stages of our lives and we change and we grow and hopefully you progress in your opinion and move towards an inclusive um, opinion about the world. And, you know, it all changes in time. And uh, just to be just to be clear, I was pro gay yeah. marriage. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. <laughs> But no one comes out of the womb with every pot, every emotional intelligence, you know, button clicked, every logical intelligence click. And some of these people who find this stuff and post this shit, I bet if you went back there on their social media, went back in their Facebook, you'd find some pretty unsavory things as well. So it's it's this is kind of things we've got to figure out what we're going to do with these situations if people have learned from their past comments. Yeah. But to your point, and uh, and this was not you, so I mean, but what right. I'm about to say. It was neither John nor Shannon, but I mean, even when I moved out to Los Angeles, you know, in the early 2000s and yeah. gay marriage was not legal yet and gay adoption was still a thing. Like there are people that I was friends with for several years that I am still friends with today that yeah. at the time were like, well, do you really need to have it actually be called marriage or maybe gay right. guys shouldn't have kids? And they have since come around on a lot of things, but I do right. think you are right. Like people live in different, in, in different times, in different eras, people are gonna say different things and then they are going to grow and get smarter and get more aware of things and get more educated on things. And I think you have to have a space for that. And I think that yeah. we're a little bit quick sometimes to uh, to jump on bandwagons from things that are, you know, five plus years old, but you're like, ah, right, maybe, maybe, maybe let's just chill out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I, I think about, pre-social media when I would have probably been around Simu Liu's age when he made some of these some of these comments and I remember thinking like you're in a group setting and you see an opportunity for a joke like oh I can make this great joke and it's going to get such a big laugh not thinking about the fact like if I've made that joke at another's expense and that's something that you don't think about until afterwards like you get that great laugh and you see maybe the hurt in this person's face that you know you you know that, that you have caused and that's something that age does to you. And, you know, on, on social media, I mean, I, I imagine if that would have been available at the time, if I saw an opening like that as someone in their mid twenties, I probably would have done it and, and would have, would have uh, had to deal with the ramifications of that afterwards. I mean, people in their twenties sometimes do dumb shit. I mean, even like his, his comparison, like wanting to sound, wanting to like, Hey, I've, I've done some research. I've got an opinion. Like sometimes you, need to take a second and really figure out like is this something that one i actually believe or do i just want to sound like i know something yeah right Re- restraint is not something you find in people in their 20s most of the time so yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's this desire to state your your opinion your belief because people in the 20s will be the first ones to tell you they know exactly how to fix the world you know? <laughs> um just moved out of their parents house uh, anyway, all right, so we'll see what happens with that, but uh, we're not done, so, right, Mike? I don't so, John, what yet. else? Hey, John Roca, what <laughs> else are people on the internet mad about this week? People are really outraged, and Disney fans, some Disney fans are outraged. I'm going to read this because of the Jessica <laughs> Rabbit situation. Um, this is, uh, she's getting a makeover here on the Jessica, because she's featured in the Disneyland Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin ride it will be it's going to be redesigned to be more empowered and uh, and uh, have a Jessica Rabbit that's far less scantily clad. Uh, the ride's been uh, operating since 1994. It opened in Mickey's Toontown at in Anaheim, California. And the theme park, the I'm oh, sorry, the redheaded sultry voice nightclub singer, we get this from Yahoo, originally voiced by Kathleen Turner, could be spotted 
tied up in the trunk of a car. The character was recently removed, though, and replaced with barrels of acid. And last week, the Orange County Register reported the Walt Disney Imagineering was in the process of giving the ride a more relevant reboot with a new plot that features Jessica in a lead role. No longer the damsel in distress. She is now a trench coat wearing private investigator. Uh, and the com- and the uh, statement reads, cited the recent turn of the Toon Patrol weasels as the main driver behind the recent sharp rise in crime statistics through Mickey's Toontown. Jessica Rabbit has determined it's past time for her to throw her fedora into the ring by starting her own private investigation service, taking inspiration from longtime friend and legendary Toon detective Eddie Valiant. Jessica shows that she certainly means business. Well, this caused, as you might have expected, some fans to really get upset about it on social media. No surprise. Uh, one fan proclaimed, this is an outraged, the worst Disney decision since they closed Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Disney World in 1998. But maybe I take these things seriously, unlike managers at Disney. Uh, someone else said they are risking spoiling a good thing. Uh, True Underdog says Disney does not understand the concept of Jessica Rabbit. Um, other people are saying uh, a little more moderately are saying, I recently heard about Disney's redesigning Jessica Rabbit for modern audiences. While I'm not a fan of the idea, it got me thinking, are damsel type female characters still allowed to exist? Uh, so really angry about that. Um, and, and they're saying here, they're not removing Jessica Rabbit. They're just replacing an animatronic in a ride. Uh, and so I like this one from uh, at chilled underscore Dirk. Does somebody really think that putting Jessica Rabbit in a trench coat and fedora is going to desexualize her and not, you know, do the exact opposite of that? So, gentlemen, what do you think about this? I mean, we've seen the Jungle Cruise ride get revamped. We've seen the uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean get revamped by turning the the redheaded um, um, friendly lady, hooker. shall we say, hooker. into the hooker. redheaded okay, hooker. Fine. All right, fine, hooker into a a pirate queen. So what do you guys think about this decision and the anger? It's so dumb. Uh, I I love, I love Disney fans. I'm a huge Disney Mm -hmm. fan. I was at Disney this past weekend for gay days and it was a blast, but uh, Disney fans get so mad when you change anything. Tower Mm -hmm. of Terror is going to become Guardians Breakout. How dare they destroy it? We're going to change the redhead in Pirates of the Caribbean to be a new character that's still the redhead, but like more progressive and a little bit more in charge of her own destiny. How dare you? We're going to put Disney characters in It's a Small World. You have ruined it. You've made it a small world commercial. Like People get so mad every time, and then it happens, and everyone's like, oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it. it I don't think that... When you put Jessica Rabbit in a trench coat and say she is now going to open her own private investigation firm, you are not denying who Jessica Rabbit is. You are adding to who Jessica Rabbit is. Like, Jessica Rabbit is a great character. Like, she is one of the coolest parts about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Her song is amazing. That whole sequence is amazing. Kathleen Turner is amazing. She's just a great, super fun character. I went back recently and was rewatching the old Roger Rabbit cartoons, like Tummy mm. Trouble and Roller Coaster Rabbit on Disney Plus. And I will tell you, the Jessica Rabbit jokes that used to be like, ha ha, there's Jessica Rabbit, are a little cringy now. And mm-hmm. so, like, the way that you handle that is not to erase Jessica Rabbit, which would be bad, but to say, well, why don't we add more? to her character let's give her more to do so this is literally giving jessica rabbit more to do 
than have big boobs. And yeah. I think that's great. And they should do that. And the people that are mad about it are so ridiculous, I can't really deal with it. You should see, Ro- you should see Roger Rabbit's uh, Reddit thread about Jessica. Absolutely. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, what, what, what? <laughs> Shannon, I mean, this is there's, there's some questions here because Lucanator, this guy said, the PC police have struck again. Disney blindly stumbling into the objectification versus sex positivity debate. And then she said, uh, and then he says, Jessica Rabbit doesn't need to have a masculine job. Since when is being a detective a masculine fucking job? This, this, these are the kind of things that undercut their points. The stupidity of this. Now they're accusing Disney of slut shaming Jessica. When has Jessica been a slut? And as, these are the things that you're just like, you're implying these judgments about these situations. Well, way off base. She did. She did pose for some patty cake photos, so let's just be clear. <laughs> All right. Uh, Shannon. This ride is almost 30 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes what happens if your ride is not Pirates of the Caribbean or, or Haunted Mansion, I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean did not get an, a complete creative facelift. Like, they changed a couple of things. Some people had an issue with that. To me... Is is the Roger Rabbit ride at Disney a huge classic? To to me, no, um, because when it would have opened, I would have been sixteen at the time, and I kind of I, I think of Roger Rabbit being in Toontown. I'm like, oh, that's more that's more for for little kids. Um, yeah, I think giving the, a, a creative facelift like this, where you turn her into you. You know, they're not redesigning her. They're giving her a trench coat and a fedora, <laughs> um, yeah. which to me, I'm like, hey, that's incredibly cool looking. If the ride's narrative changes that Roger is is uh, uh, taking capture by the weasels and Jessica has to go uh, rescue him, that is not out of the realm of the story from Roger yeah, yeah. Rabbit in that of the two, Jessica is the more capable one. Yeah. I think this is a great. I think this is a great idea. I think it's it could be a lot of fun. But as Mike said, you 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 have folks out there who are are just have this whiplash reaction to any sort of change. I mean, I uh, the 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 uh, Twilight the Tower of Terror one is the most recent one where they're talking about t- they're going to turn it into Guardians. And people lost their minds. I mean, they turned it into Guardians here. They didn't turn it into Guardians in Orlando. So if you are absolutely in love with Tower of Terror, you can still go experience that. They just changed it here. And what they changed it into is an awesome ride. It is so much fun. So, yeah, I mean, I think people are always instinctively going to react negatively. But in the long run, I, uh, they're going to go on the ride and probably like it. That's my guess. Yeah. And, yeah. and two other quick points just to address the bigger issues that people are bringing up, yeah. which is ridiculous. But uh, Disney's a family company. Sex positivity is not their responsibility. Sex positivity is very important, and we shouldn't slut shame, and we should all be sex positive. Jessica Rabbit is neither a slut, nor should she be a symbol of sex positivity. She's married to a rabbit. So, like, let's just be really clear on, like, she was not some giant symbol of, like, she represented sex. Like, she was the femme fatale in a noir story. And so making her a detective is within what the brand is because it is a uh, noir-themed brand. The other thing, the bigger question, which I do think is an interesting topic, which is, are we allowed to have damsels in distress anymore? As someone who's worked on My Little Pony and is now working on Strawberry Shortcake, the answer is yes. But here's the challenge, 
in most brands, uh, movie franchises that we have, you don't have a lot of female characters. <laughs> and when you only have one or two female characters and you make them the one who always has to get rescued, the damsel in distress, yeah. you're making a comment on women. If you have a movie or a series or a story that has six, seven, eight, nine, ten strong female characters and one of them is a damsel in distress or one of them is really girly and one of them is something else once you have a lot more representation you can run the whole gamut and you can have everything the reason that you can have male characters that are weak or strong or funny or serious or romantic or flamboyant or anything is because any movie that you pick has 35 male characters and usually one or two female wow. characters so the more female characters that we add to stories the more you can have the woman who saves the day and the damsel in distress and it becomes a non-issue. Yeah. It's all about balance. It's all about balance. You're absolutely right. Uh, someone should tell the expendables. That's for sure. Um, anyway, <laughs> so let's, let's get out of that. So certainly that'll have, that'll be happening soon. And I think it's good to not have an image of a woman tied up in the back of the trunk, even animated wise, you don't know what that does to a young male mind. Uh, and that is forming that what it puts the idea it maybe even adds a little bit of a fetish or sexuality to that you never know how it's going to come around when they get older so why not remove that kind of stuff that's not a negative you know um all right let's move on here to this other story and that's the harry potter story and speaking of people being mad in the internet uh, they, they they just announced warner brothers did they are moving up the release date for the next fantastic beasts film it's called, they gave it a title. It's called The Secrets of Dumbledore. And uh, it is now moving up from its previous July 15th slot to April 15th, which is Easter weekend. So, Vogel, I go to you first. Easter weekend, Easter eggs, prizes, surprises. Now we've got The Secrets of Dumbledore. What surprise secrets are we going to discover in this movie? And David Yates is back to direct it. God help us. Again, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something right now. <laughs> if this movie is not the gayest Harry Potter movie that has ever existed, they can all go to hell. This, <laughs> you have a character that <laughs> J.K. Rowling did not tell us was gay until after all the books came out. Of course. Then you said, we're going to do a bunch of movies about this era and you have a movie with Dumbledore and Grindelwald in it where you don't touch the fact that he is gay and this was his big love that caused all kinds of problems for him. And Yates and everybody came out and said, well, it's in the subtext. And if you know, you know. And I'm like, no. Now you have a movie and you are calling it The Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> Bitch, this better be... Mamma Mia, RuPaul's Drag Race, the birdcage levels of gay. Like, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, particularly, like, look, I, and also, and we've talked about this before, this franchise, not the best. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it went from a movie that was kind of like meh to a movie that was, boy, this is bad. And yeah. now this is their chance to sort of salvage what they can salvage in an era where a lot of people who are big fans of Harry Potter and who are still fans of Harry Potter are maybe not the biggest fans of Harry Potter's creator uh, for a lot of problematic issues. And now you have a movie called The Secrets of Dumbledore. I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is my thoughts. 
So I won't be able to speak to Michael's point of view on this. <laughs> I'll just say that as a franchise, not ta- not taking into account the Harry Potter films, just talking about the previous mm. two Fantastic Beast films, yeah. it seems to be um, creatively very reactive. Um, that the first movie, they had this great idea that Newt Scamander, the guy who wrote Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, this book that that Harry, Ron, and, and uh, Hermione had to read, that we're gonna we're gonna take the story of that guy, and you get what was kind of a kind of a meh protagonist out of it. Um, he just, Eddie Redmayne's portrayal, I don't know if it's, if it's him as an actor or if it's the way it's written, he's just not that interesting. So by the time we get to the second movie and we find out they're adding young Dumbledore, Jude Law is going to play him. It's like, oh, this sounds so great. And then the big, you know, kind of, uh, bombshell that J.K. Rowling dropped in between, as Vogel said, doesn't, they don't, they don't touch it. I mean, they don't really go near it. And because the movie did get such a, the movie itself is kind of a mess and you had Johnny Depp in it. Like now they have recast the role. Now they're like, okay, it's, it's going to be Dumbledore and Newt working together to try to do this new thing. It, it, it's, it is a wait and see movie. I think moving it from July to Easter, you know, Harry, the Harry Potter films have always come out either i think in november or the summer so is that a is that a sign of confidence i mean or is that a sign of like we want to get out of the way of some movies that yeah. we think might run us yeah. over um it, yeah i mean we will have to wait i mean I, the fact that they've released the date and they released the the logo tells me they're probably going to release a trailer failure soon um yeah. we'll probably be able to speak onto it better once we see a little bit of a little bit of footage yeah go ahead mike sorry no 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 no. go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say it's a uh, it's um what I, I was trying to find what it's going up against and uh it just, oh it's oh, the okay. sandra bullock and channing tatum movie that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that's what I was looking for to see what it was going to be going up against when you talk about how much money it might be making here coming up over Easter. Yeah, there's Lost City of D, but also DreamWorks Animations, the bad guys via Universal is coming out on that weekend as well. So sorry, Mike, go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, and like all joking aside, it does. I think yeah. Shannon really hits the nail on the head with the reactive thing. Like these movies do seem like each movie is a reaction to the reception of the first movie the fan base's reception whatever and i think that even this like like i when i saw the title i was like this really there is a big secret to dumbledore we all know it jk rowling has told us it is very important like i like this is not a i'm gay and i just want to see a gay character in a film although i do want to see lots of gay characters in a film but when you read the deathly hallows like dumbledore's relationship with grindelwald is a hugely important part of the Harry Potter mythology. And the fact that he was in love with Grindelwald, which is what J.K. Rowling told us, when you read that section of Deathly Hallows with that understanding, it is hugely important. And so to have this movie come out and to have Yates and everybody kind of like brush that subject under the table on the last movie, the title is either going to be a reaction to that where this movie actually is going to deal with that stuff, which will be interesting, or they are going to deal more with the fact that Ezra Miller is 
related mm. to Dumbledore, and that's one of the secrets, and they're still not going to touch the gay thing. And if that's the case, I think you are going to see a lot of people not be furious, but because I don't think anybody cares enough about this franchise to be furious, but it is going to get made fun of real, real hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and this is not the way you come back. You know, they recast the Johnny Depp situation. Uh, oh, they recast Johnny Depp to avoid that situation. And if you come back with this title, it's a very bold title, an attention-grabbing title, and you don't walk down the gay, the gay path, then I think you've really kind of messed with the fans' minds. And the last thing this franchise wants to do after that shitty second film is to come back with a film that doesn't explore this aspect of Dumbledore, especially with a title like this. There's asking for trouble. And um, uh, yeah, so we'll see. Oh, we'll see. And, and Johnny Depp had some comments about cancel culture, but let's leave him go. He's not part of the franchise anymore. So let's get on out of there. Um, all right. So we'll see. That's coming out April 15th. Uh, and yeah, we'll soon, I'm sure we'll get a trailer real soon, Shannon. I think you're right on about that as well. Um, all right. What do you got for us, Shannon? Speaking of trailers, 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 Apple TV plus edition. So we have three projects all coming to Apple TV plus. If you have a subscription, then you already know you've got some great programming on there, mainly including Ted Lasso. There's actually a movie on there right now called Coda that I think is one of the best movies of the year. It is so fantastic. And three exciting projects on the way. The first one, I saw the one sheet for last week and immediately tweeted, this is going to make me burst into tears. And it is called Finch. This one stars uh, Tom Hanks and is directed by Miguel Sapochnik of Game Mm -hmm. of Thrones fame. And this is about a post-apocalyptic Earth where a robot built to protect the life of his creator's beloved dog learns about life, love, friendship, and what it means to be human. So they just released the trailer for this this week. And I will say what the the emotion that the uh, poster teed up the uh, trailer <laughs> then knocked it out of the park. Uh, I definitely have my feelings about this trailer, but gentlemen, let's go to you. What did you think of our first look at Finch? Ooh, Mikey? Uh, Tom Hanks is one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> I love dogs. Robots with emotion get me every time. Also, He's driving in a dusty RV through dust storms in the desert, and it looks like Burning Man. There could not be a trailer better designed to make me excited and almost guarantee my tears. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a trailer reaction for this on my channel, and I was just like blown away by the visuals in the movie. I didn't know what to expect. And the, the, those couple, two or three tornado shots or whatever's going on there, the solar flare and all that apocalyptic stuff, Looks excellent. Tom Hanks alone, Robert Zemeckis producing this film. That's a castaway situation. And Lord knows, we know that Robert Zemeckis producing and Tom Hanks starring, they know how to create uh, partners uh, that weren't there, like Wilson and the robot. So it's just like he's building this thing. Like he essentially created Wilson out of a volleyball. He's doing the same thing here with this robot. And I think Caleb Landry Jones does a nice job doing the voiceover from what we see in the trailer. Mm-hmm. The dog, I'm glad the dog is not CGI. That was what I was worried about the most. After Call of the Wild, they were going to make another CGI dog here, but there isn't. It looks very cute. looks very um, well. Look, they have really nice chemistry there. That little card playing scene they have, really great. But it's, it's telling a bigger story here of how much do you love your pets? I love my pets so much 
that I know I could die at any moment and I don't want them to suffer. So I'm going to create this companion that will take over and care for the dog until it passes away from natural causes. So, yeah, it's going to make people go crazy. But this moment in the trailer when they say when Tom Hanks says you got to look out for those people in the dark, that could maybe uh, be an even darker approach to this film. So I hope they explore that, too. Yeah, there's something about an unkempt Tom Hanks kind of yeah. by himself that just automatically, uh, as an, an audience, just dials into right away. Um, everything about this trailer, uh, I, 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 I thought looked great, and and I imagine that there will be uh, tears tears of flowing uh, <laughs> <laughs> by the end, but probably somewhere in the middle as well. And yes, Caleb Landry Jones who our fans might know as uh, uh, Banshee from X-Men First Class, also as the wicked brother in Get Out. Um, yeah, I thought he did yeah. He did some very nice work. You truly believe that he his voice is coming out of a machine. Um, our <laughs> next trailer is uh, an Apple TV series that it seems like it's their take on War of the Worlds. Uh, it is called Invasion. This one is coming up pretty soon like next month i believe but this one stars sam neill it is a huge international cast shamir anderson is in it uh there's an, uh, an actor named uh firas nasar i'm not going to pronounce this correctly golshifti farahani um they play the husband and wife and also i think they have uh shiori uh kutsuna and tara moyedi i think that's like the japanese side um okay yeah, I mean the trailer for this this kind of came out of nowhere. Um I know they had they had talked about this in 2019 because I think Simon, Simon Kinberg is was either the creator or the showrunner. Um but yeah, like the first look I thought looked looked really interesting. Like I'm a big Sam Neill fan myself. So anytime he pops up in something, I'm going to give it a watch. But gentlemen, what did we think of the first look at Invasion? I liked it. I thought it was good. I liked that it. it's got a great scope to it uh, as well. Apple TV is spending money on these movies. And you can tell from when you look at these movies how they're spending this money. And I mean, I mean there was a piece of me that's like, oh, do we want to see aliens again? So I, But I liked the overall approach to this thing. I liked that it's an international cast. I liked that they're exploring other points of views other than America's point of view. I like that as well. So, And yeah, you're right. Sam Neill. I mean, he's he's so good. Seeing him in Peaky Blinders was so great. So seeing him take on another series like this is exciting um, overall. And I and I like the look of this thing. Uh, Mike, what did you think? I really liked it. What it made me think of is, you know, alien invasion movies are kind of like zombie movies and some other movies in that, like, we it's, mm. a, it's a genre that we always return to, but the way that we return to it says a lot about where we are as a society. Like, you know, back in the invasion of the body snatchers days or an old, you know, there was, it was the fear of the unknown. It was the fear of the right. other. Uh, we went through, you know, E.T. and the warm and fuzzy era of aliens, even like movies like Arrival that really deal with the way that we look at the world and each other. And when watching this trailer, kind of to Shannon's point about the international cast, uh, you know, and it's just because of the past year and a half or so that we've had. But like this to me, this was a lot less about the aliens themselves in this invasion mm. trailer, which I'm sure we'll see and we'll get more of as we see more trailers. But it was about uh, something happening to the entire world that was affecting everybody, even if they didn't know each other. And yeah. a lot of the trailer was built around weird phenomenon happening on the earth 
that looked like natural climate related in origin. So like it was a alien invasion movie that seemed to be more about a global a global event that affected everybody equally that was fucking with the earth which is two of the big issues that we deal with right now so i think that alien invasion movies always get me excited and interested and sometimes to my detriment because i'm super disappointed and sometimes because they're really cool and amazing um and this one at least at the initial outset of it was like it it looked cool because as Shannon knows that I'm fond of saying, because he hears me say it every time that we're working on scripts together, it's like, there's what your movie is, there's what happens in your movie, which is the plot, and then there's what your movie is really about, which is all the underneath emotional stuff. And like watching this trailer made me feel a lot of emotions about living through a pandemic and living through climate change and living through all the stuff we lived in. And if right. they use the idea of an alien invasion movie to kind of deal with some of that, like I think that could be really cool. And I will say Vogel typically has the same physical expression when he says that statement as well. What, what's <laughs> happening in your movie? What is your movie really about? <laughs> so that is coming out October 22nd. And our last trailer, which I know hit John right in his Anglophile heart, oh, is oh. The, <laughs> the tragedy of Macbeth from director Joel Cohen, one half of the Cohen brothers, starring Denzel Washington as Macbeth. Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth and Brendan Gleeson as King, the King Duncan. Um, super, super quick trailer, like under a minute, I think. But you just get, as soon as the trailer starts, you know, like, oh, there's a master craftsman behind the camera on this one. This this is a Cohen shooting this. And I will just turn it over to John because I know he's going to be uh, bubbling in his praise. Woo! That's That's my guess. Uh, listen, the trailer itself is 55 seconds long. The actual footage is only 38 seconds long in the thing. But I'm so blown away by the fact that this is A24, so already I'm in. It is shot, at least the trailer, in 4 by 3 black and white. You are asking a lot of the audience to do 4 by 3 black and white, and Shakespeare. So you've got to cast this correctly <laughs> and bring it on Denzel to play this soldier, this warrior who walks down this path and walks down in the play is brilliant. And then you're like, okay, but Lady Macbeth is really one of the, uh, is one of the most iconic characters of Shakespeare and the iconic character out of this play. Who do you find to go toe to toe with Denzel? Francis McDormand. Nepotism be damned. She's the right choice here. And to see these two going toe to toe on screen with Brendan Gleeson and don't forget Harry Melling and Corey Hawkins, who are playing his son. So this is sons. So this is colorblind casting, I think is brilliant. And I'm excited for it. Um, and I hope it's good because I liked Green Knight and I saw so many people have a visceral, hateful reaction to that movie. And I loved it. So, you know, there are just certain things that are that are not going to get a lot of people to get in the theater. But I'm glad they're still making these kinds of movies. And so I champion this thing. It looks fantastic. The visuals, the witches in black, the pool, all of that looks great. Uh, Mike? Not since I saw John Stephen Rocha in a production of Macbeth have I been this excited. <laughs> you know what? You know what, you asshole? You know what? Uh, <laughs> um, no, I... <laughs> oh, my God. Those were um, the days. <laughs> no, I uh, I agree. Like like Shakespeare, Shakespeare is a mixed bag because uh, it's it's if you can get a director 
and a creative team and actors who can really like access the material and bring it to life, mm. it's awesome. Like Shakespeare was a great storyteller. There's a reason we still tell these stories today. So many people get it wrong. So many people get self serious. Oh, yeah. So many people go over the top. So many people do it in a way that like makes you sit there. And even if you studied Shakespeare in college, like the three of us did, you're like, Ugh, what's happening? Yeah. I'm so bored. Uh, you know, Baz Luhrmann nailed it back in the day with his Romeo and Juliet, where like an entire generation of people were like, now I get it. Um, will this be that or the other? I don't know. I think the fact that it's a Cohen uh, is great. The fact that it's Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington, like I'm super excited. I, I, I'm super intrigued by the trailer, but when I see a trailer that's four by three in black and white with really kind of like hippie, I was like, I was like, is this going to be the holy shit, watch those performances, I can't believe it? Or is this me going to be like, well, some people thought that they were real fancy when they made this one. And it could go either way. It could go either way. It's true. It's true. So Corey Hawkins is actually playing Macduff. So he's not yeah, playing one of the kids. Uh, yeah. he, he, uh, I think oh, the kids are, sorry, the kids are Malcolm and Donald Bain. That's right. My bad, my bad. Yeah, McDuff. That's the who character plays, I played, McDuff. Yeah. Who plays Go the ahead. parrot? Iago? Come on. What? It's the parrot. Wrong, first of all, the wrong play, man. Iago is it, not Macbeth. That's, that's Othello. Othello. It's Othello. It's Othello. You saw a black Damn lead. It. You thought Othello. I guess. Okay, you know what? Tune in to Mike's Reddit thread coming off after the show. All right. Oh, boy. Aren't you glad you test ran that joke here? I'm going to tie Roka up and throw him in the back of a truck. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, that is uh, supposed anyway. to be coming out December 25th. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, so so clearly what Michael said, though, is correct here. Because if it's coming out December 25th, we know those are those films, prestige films, that they want to get Oscar eyes on. So Michael might be right that it's like, ooh, this is very highfalutin in its approach. So we shall see. We shall see. But Macbeth can be, tro- can be told in a guttural way. I hope they do that here. When you get Denzel, the last time I think we saw him in Shakespeare was much to do about nothing. So yeah, nice to yeah. see him get a part of this. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> Will Keanu Reeves show up as Banquo? Who oh, knows? That's a character from the play, Macbeth, Michael. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, to be or not to be, that is a question, right, guys? Oh, Lord. <laughs> right. Speaking of another show that Roku is in. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> All right, anyway, let's get the hell out of this first section. We are almost at 50 minutes in this first section, so we're going to have to cut. We're going to have to be quick on the Marvel conversation. All right, we're going to take a quick break, jump into our uh, uh, jump into our next section right after this. All right, so our main topic today, we're going to just jump right into it. Marvel has announced a bunch of release dates for with no projects assigned to these release dates. Uh, uh, this happened last Friday. They dropped it. Uh, explaining that they were going to kind of reserve these dates over the next few years for these movies that are coming out. Gentlemen, take it away. Speculation, thoughts, questions, comments. What do you got? Well, let's start just to review for everybody. Uh, here's yeah. everything we know uh, on the on the feature side that's coming. We know Eternals is coming out November 5th. Uh, yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home is December 17th. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, March 25th. Thor Love and Thunder, May 6th, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, July 8th, The Marvels, 
November yeah. 11th, and then into 2023, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, February 17th, 23, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, May 5th, 23. So that's everything that, like, those are the movies that we know are coming out, and those are the dates that have been assigned. Beyond yeah. that, we have... Uh, July 8th, 2023, October 6th, 2023, November 10th, 2023, February 16th, 2024, uh, and May 3rd, 2024, July 26th, 2024, November 8th, 2024. So Woo! that's a lot of movies. The other thing that's good about this, before we even speculate on what, uh, what those movies are, is yeah. uh, clearly with the pandemic Marvel movies got truncated and we talked about yep. this all through the, the pandemic that like the movies got that were spread out kind of got clumped together and we were going to have every few months there's a Marvel movie as you're looking at these release dates coming up clearly they realize we have an appetite for this and they're going to continue to do that like these movies are stacked on each other uh, a bit more than they used to be back in the phase two and phase three days uh, which yep. look, I'm not complaining about um, the other thing is, as, as, as everybody has pointed out, as you're looking at these seven kind of open slots, we know that a couple of them are going to, we know that there's a Fantastic Four movie coming because they've announced yes. it. Yes. We know there's a Blade movie coming. We know there's a Captain America 4, and we know there's a Deadpool 3. So most people are guessing that of those seven dates, four of those states are going to be those four movies because we know those are in the works. They haven't had dates announced yet, but we know those are coming. So that means that beyond those, there's kind of three open slots for movies that we haven't heard anything about yet. And that's where like, I think it gets really interesting and everybody starts talking about, like, well, what are those three going to be? What do we think it is? Is it going to be sequels to things? Is it going to be something we haven't heard of yet? Um, and just to fully lay it all out we also know just so we're clear um we know we have hawkeye coming up in november miss yep. marvel coming out in uh early 2022 sometime moon knight she hulk uh, guardians of the galaxy holiday special secret invasion iron heart armor wars and an untitled wakanda series coming on disney plus right Woo! that's a lot yeah that that is a lot Looking at the open dates, so we've got July 28th, October 6th, November 10th. One has to think that Blade is going to October, that that Marvel is going to have its Vampire Hunter, its Vampire movie in time for Halloween. Uh, my guess is July 28th, that that's probably Fantastic Four. That would be my okay. guess because we know they have their director in John Watts. Um, so that would be the, the next guess. But then again, that could be Deadpool. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or Deadpool could also be February 16th. Like the first Deadpool came out in February. Um, yeah. In terms of the three open spots, like safe to say we're going to get uh, uh, Shang-Chi 2. That's, that's going to happen. Um, right. I think we're all kind of presuming that we will get an Eternals too, but remember this summer coming up 22 or, or excuse me, 2022, we're getting the second chapter of black Panther of Dr. Strange right. of captain Marvel. They've done a, a two year turnaround before uh, captain American winter soldier came out in 2014. Civil war came out in 2016. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility that one of those 2024 dates could be a threequel for one of our established heroes, or it could be the sequel to Shang-Chi or Eternals. Also, um, based wait, on- if there's more. <laughs> uh, 
based on how much you know spoilers if you've not seen black widow um or or the falcon and the winter soldier but uh the julia louis dreyfus's character it yeah. is assembling her own her own crew and the smart money is on whatever you want to call them the dark avengers the thunderbolts whatever that they are coming together in some capacity does that mean they're going to get their own movie or are they going to be the antagonist for someone else who knows but we haven't seen the end of john walker uh yelena belova we already know she's going to be in hawkeye we saw uh uh, abomination in Shang-Chi and when he and Wong left the fighting ring they went back to some place that was not the Sanctum Santorum it looked people have talked have speculated that it was the raft so are, you know is he going to be a part of this Dark Avengers Thunderbolts team up sure seems like it yeah yeah I mean Blade is the one that jumps to mind number one is Blade like it's got to be put here somewhere the Fantastic Four thing I mean that four they ended with with that trailer you could go either way, Phase 4 or Fantastic Four, but they've said they're good working on the Fantastic Four. And then you wonder, is the X-Men a possibility this early in the project to put him in there in those slots? That's a possibility as well. And they haven't announced a Deadpool 3 release date at all either. So where is that going to fall? Is that, I mean, they've made it clear that, that he is in the MCU by having him in that Korg trailer for a film that's under the Disney extended umbrella for free guy, you're essentially confirming that he's going to be part of the MCU. So where are you going to put Deadpool three? So there's a lot of questions here with these four slots. Um, and we haven't even talked about or really dived into the, all the TV shows that are going to be coming out over the next few years as well. So I, I think that's, those are the four that in my mind, I believe that that's where they're going to go with all four. Although a piece of me thinks X-Men is the least likely because they might want to kick off phase five with X-Men as opposed to keeping it in phase four, which I think these movies are going to qualify for, but we shall see. But I like this idea though. I like that we've got so many possibilities to go down. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, look, I think, like I said, like out of the seven, I think it's a given that you've got Blade, Fantastic Four, Captain America Four, and Deadpool Three, because those have been announced. So we know yeah, that they're yeah. gonna happen. Um, right. Beyond that, I think it's like, where I get interested is where, where are we going with these things? Like of all the rumors that we know, mm. like with the like with the multiverse kind of blowing up uh, between Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and whatever's going on with Wanda and the fact right. that, you know, Billy and Tommy are somewhere and she wants them. Like, uh, I think that there's clearly, and we talk about it all the time, they're clearly assembling Young Avengers. I mean, yes. what, for and maybe not for any time soon, but there's this, I, I think that, there's this absence of Avengers. I was actually talking about this at Disneyland this weekend because when you go to the Avengers campus, there's the Web Slingers ride and there's the Guardians yeah. ride. And then there's the giant space where the Avengers ride is going to open in like two years, but it's not there yet. And we ended up right. getting into this big conversation while we were waiting in line for Spider-Man about, well, who are the Avengers going to be when that ride comes out? Like there isn't really an Avengers right now. And right. Uh, so like... Does that mean that there we're gonna go Young Avengers? Like, is that gonna be a thing, and that's gonna be announced Ooh, once we get to yeah. where we get? Um, I think Shannon's dead on with whether you want to call it Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers or whatever it is that Julia Louise Dreyfus is doing. I think yeah. that's a contender for uh, you know another big uh, team up movie. 
Um, you know, with James Gunn has kind of said with Guardians Volume Three, he's out. Like he's done. Like yeah. this is the end of his Guardians thing. So is someone else going to pick up Guardians for somewhere down the road, or is there another really kind of funny group of? characters coming in that are going to inhabit the Marvel universe. Um, and so I think like, I think young Avengers is a possibility. I think Thunderbolt slash dark Avengers is a possibility. Um, but then there's like outside shots. Like, are we gonna, you know, is Wakanda forever really and truly yeah. going to have Namor in it? And that's going to spin right off as they're going to like throw us all on our heads because like, as soon as Wakanda forever comes out, they're going to be like, by the way, Namor is coming out next year. You know I mean? Like that's a possibility. Yeah. And given the fact, and this gets on the giant thing, but given the fact that Namor in kind of the Marvel Comics universe is one of the original mutants, is he going to also be one of the original mutants of this world? And right. that's going to lead to whatever the X-Men are. Uh, there's also outside shots. I do not think this is true, but there's been a lot of rumors about sort of um, a Marvel Cinematic Universe of the Illuminati. Uh, in, the <laughs> comics, in the comics, the Illuminati was like... Uh, T'Challa, Reed Richards, Tony Stark, Professor X, Doctor Strange, I think Namor actually. But it yeah. was a group of all the it was a group of guys. Uh it was the most broy thing ever. It was a group of guys that thought they were smarter than everybody else that were making secret decisions that was gonna affect everybody. So you wanna talk about uh the most the most it, dumb male macho whatever but that all being aside um but i mean there's been rumors that there's going to be some group of like the mcu illuminati of a group of people that yeah. are kind of doing things so you know is it that is it going to be a fucking captain carter movie like who the fuck knows well and yep. also like with guardians if if the successor to guardians is not a guardians four, it could be a nova film like nova is a character yeah. that is one right. of those cosmic characters that they've talked about a lot and there definitely is a lot of love it's it's richard Ryder, right isn't that his name richard Ryder. yeah the original, yeah but you know no the, the nova core is something that the audi audiences have been exposed to through guardians one um could this still happen i mean i believe the nova core were destroyed uh, before Infinity War, because that's how uh, Thanos got the Power Stone. Uh, right. Does that mean the entire planet is gone? I'm not sure, but that's another that's another name that they could throw out there. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, and like, what? Well, yeah. I mean, and Nova, the younger Nova, is a member of the Champions, which is what Miss Marvel and Miles Morales are in, which is sort of the new mm. kind of young superhero group in the Marvel universe, and so as is Riri Williams. So I think that right. as we're looking at like them kind of creating that new generation of Marvel characters in the MCU, it does look like they're taking like, you know, the best of the young Avengers and some of the newer characters that fall into that champions category and creating just a whole new generation of young heroes, which the younger version of Nova would absolutely fit into. So yeah. that's a possibility. And because I know John is... John likes this theory that Spider-Man would sort of emerge in sort of a leadership role. What if point. he what if he were to emerge sort of as the leader of the of the young Avengers? I mean, he as as it stands, like Tom Holland only has one more movie. We presume yeah. that it'll be extended, but if it doesn't, him going out as the leader as the leader of his own group of young superheroes, that seems like a fitting conclusion. I wonder about that. I mean, when I made that statement, uh, you know, and I've, and I've kind of been behind that idea, that was around Infinity War Endgame. But so much has happened over the last three years now. 
I'd be surprised if they made a straight white male the leader of the Young Avengers. Uh, so I, now in my mind, I'm like, well, and when you're bringing in such strong female characters and you're recasting stature with Catherine Newton, you're going down the road with, uh, um, oh my God, with Haley Steinfeld. You're, I think this idea of Tom Holland being the leader of the Avengers now, or this Young Avengers crew, might not come to pass in the way that I anticipated originally. Um, so we shall see. That's a we shall see. I think you've still got Wiccan and you've still got Hulkling, you still got all these people coming through uh to be a part of the Young Avengers, and you wonder if there's going to be an overall leader. I mean, Iron uh, what is it? The, uh, the uh, Patriot, he's part of the Iron Lad, rather, and, and Patriot, they could be a part of this thing. So there's a lot of possible leaders in the Young Avengers that are still getting kind of introduced into the MCU. So it may not be Spider-Man at all after all. Well, but I also think that like, I mean, you know, who's the leader of the Avengers in the MCU? Is it Tony? Is it Cap? Yeah, Tony or Cap. Right, exactly. It, yeah. it was well, it was Cap. It was Cap until Civil War. Well, but what mm. I'm saying is like, I mean, the Avengers movies themselves are about a group of people that come together that don't quite fully get yeah. along and see eye to eye. Like, I don't think that there was ever a, hey boss, what do we do? And so right. I do think that, I do think that Peter Parker's arc in the MCU, um, particularly when you get into uh, Homecoming and then Far From Home and everything else is like, he is sort of like the one who Tony took under his wing, who yeah. kind of questions whether he has what it takes to do this. Can he do this? And, you know, Far From Home makes it very clear that like with no other Avengers around, is he the leader of the Avengers? What does this mean? And so right. I think that he being the character that, went on this adventure with all of these other heroes, many of whom are no longer around, going to this new younger group of heroes and being a part of that team as someone who has more experience mm. is definitely probably a lot of what his role will be, whether that whether or not that means he is the quote unquote leader, I think that would be yeah. a nice place for his character to go. Okay. Possibilities abound for sure, uh, in that respect. Anything else to say on these dates? Anything else to speculate on here from Marvel? This isn't a speculation, it's more just a comment, but I think that okay. they they know that they have us all over a barrel on music. <laughs> like they Truth. they must just laugh. Truth. Like like it's a thing that we know <laughs> is coming and everybody globally is excited about what they're going to do with it. And we yeah. don't know how it's gonna happen and we don't know why it's gonna happen. <laughs> And we don't know when it's going to happen, but whenever we have any of these conversations, all we can do is talk about, oh, maybe we'll see Storm in Wakanda forever. Maybe, maybe this, or maybe, maybe Professor X is going to come through the multiverse and Doctor Strange too. Like, like all we do is talk about it, and it's like, how awesome for them that with all of these characters that they've cycled through and all the phases and all the new characters that they're introducing, that they just yeah. have truly some of Marvel's most popular, most lucrative characters just sitting over there on the bench. And yeah. they're just like, yeah, we'll let you know when we let you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be the king. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, that wraps it up here for this latest episode of the Geek Buddies. Thank you all so much for joining us here. And 
uh, for enduring my grandma level type room. I appreciate it madly. <laughs> we thanks for everything y'all do to support the show that we have. Shannon, what do we have to tell? Yeah, I'd like to follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK Tune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca with those fantastic sconces behind him, it's at the Roca Says. <laughs> Mikey? Uh, yeah, listen, if you're a fan of Macbeth, Othello, Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> any Shakespeare, any Shakespeare play, really, they all they all play together. It's easy to get them confused. What? But whatever Shakespeare play, whatever Shakespeare play you like, uh, we hope that you know that you can come here and talk about it on the Geek Buddies without anyone making fun of you for any mistakes that you might make. We're an open, happy place for all geeks of all opinions. Right. Uh, and if you would like us to continue to do what we're doing, here's what you can do to help us out. Uh, you can smash that like button below. You can subscribe to John's Outlaw Nation page. Definitely leave us some comments. We talked about a ton of things this week. Uh, what do you think of these trailers? What do you think of Jessica Rabbit? in her detective outfit what do you think of any of this stuff what do you think of these marvel movies like what are your hopes what are your guesses uh what are your wild theories let us know all of it if you're listening to us on um, apple podcasts or spotify or anywhere where podcasts are available leave us some stars leave us some comments it helps us go up in the rankings and as always the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video post it on your socials tell all your friends to check out the geek buddies uh that we have a rip roar and good time and that john roca was fantastic in Macbeth. <laughs> oh, anyway, all right, we're out of here. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here from the Geek Buddies. Hey! Hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.